hosts, Fiona, Vicky, and Melinda, members of GYF New York City. Now here to share voices of 520 high schools, where we explore stories, share advice, laughters, and reflections on our experiences as a high school students in New York City. We hope that each episode will serve as an inspiration for you and send the message that you are not alone. Whatever you're experiencing and the feelings that come with it are valid. Let's get started. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Voices of 520 High Schools. Today, we're going to be talking about social cues and our personal experiences with reading social cues and gatherings. We use social cues on a daily basis to guide our decision making, so this is a very important topic for us to discuss and understand. Are you guys familiar with any of the types of social cues that we read? Well, recently I was talking to this friend and she she wanted to speak to someone about like her romance problems. And so I wasn't too sure if I should put any insight to it because I didn't want to sound like I didn't like this person, whoever she's crushing on. So I just sat there and, you know, just listened to her story. And I was like, wow, that's really interesting. So yeah, that's one of my recent experience with understanding when to give my insight on something that maybe someone doesn't need right now. I think also, especially now with COVID and like the virus, everyone, or mostly everyone, if not everyone, is wearing a mask. So it's really hard to also like view facial expressions and really tell when someone is like uncomfortable or if they just don't seem like they're in the right mood to talk or do a certain activity. So I guess my experience with that has kind of been difficult because you really don't know how someone is feeling under that mask, but what they may be doing or how they may be acting. So it really depends on like what they kind of say or what they do. So I think it's really hard to view facial expressions, especially now. Yeah, I think this definitely ties back into what Vicky said earlier about her situation with her friend. I think this was always a really big issue, the idea of debate between whether you want to give advice or if someone else is just looking to talk to you about something and isn't really looking for advice at the moment. I think the pandemic has really enhanced that. I totally agree because like the rise of social media, everything is related back to like te- like Zoom meetings or just over the text like conversations that has been taking a lot more of our like daily time. And so it's really hard to get those strategies to help us understand their current situation. But on the other hand, I do like those masks because I am very facially prone person. So I do have a lot of facial expressions and sometimes they're not the best for the other person to see. So it saves them maybe small bit of hurt. I think also going back to like using the internet and like the differences between having a mask or not like now versus the past, I think people can have very different, like they can have a different online presence and an in-person presence, which is also tying back to like how comfortable someone is in person. And like, again, how facial expressions can really tie into that gestures, just like movement in general and how someone acts. And I think that that's also something that a lot of students have been struggling recently because with the pandemic, a lot of people can't really 
exercise their social cues, I guess you can say. So it really is important that we understand some of these cues and really know how to apply them in a real life situation with like friends, family, adults, etc. Yeah, as you were talking, I was just thinking that the pandemic has really made people really awkward. You know, like everyone came back after the pandemic, in-person school, everyone was sitting there with the masks. And I think it was dead silent in my first class. Everyone was just sitting there. Even if they were friends with people, they were just sitting there, they were playing game pigeon, they were texting. And it was just so awkward. And I think that really ties into how important social cues are, especially because we're seeing a little bit more of a normal returning back to our society. I am totally guilty of being the awkward person coming back from quarantine everything, but I do think some of my skills are coming back or maybe becoming more developed as we return to normalcy, as we called it. But yeah, how do you guys think we can develop these social cues after a long time of like dormant? I think that it's really hard to kind of develop these social cues, I guess, because we've been away from each other for so long I think it really just takes time and it's it really depends on the person and how comfortable they are in certain environments so like in school you know some students may not feel like confident or they just feel out of place in environments where there are other students and people that they know so I really think that developing it just kind of correlates with how comfortable you are and just how like I guess free you feel in certain environments what do you think Fiona I think it's also really important to put yourself out there regardless of how socially anxious you are I know growing up I had a lot of issues with social anxiety believe it or not and what really helped me was my ability to put myself out there and interact with a whole bunch of people because the second you step outside of your comfort zone you realize that people aren't as bad as you think and you grow a lot from those experiences I feel like it could be a mix of both maybe because I feel like having a lot of everything isn't the best so definitely stepping out there is very important you get to learn more experiences and grow from the experiences and maybe even help others grow as well but as Melina said, this has become an age where everyone's really sensitive, so we have to be careful what we say because it might might be traumatic to someone, maybe like cue a certain trauma in them. So definitely being more direct with your words may help with those awkward silences of not realizing if someone needs help or anything because if you just ask, that may solve a lot of problems. I agree. I think that in the past, I've kind of struggled with reading these social cues, which is something I'm still working on because really without the mask and like, I mean, with the mask and just being around new people in general, like especially for people who entered high school in an online setting, it's really hard to understand what people are comfortable with and what people are not. So like, for me, I would like to believe that I'm pretty social in terms of like interacting with others. So Sometimes I might start a conversation with someone I don't know. And in that situation, I guess I really can't tell if they're comfortable with that or not. I just kind of keep my mind on making a new friend. But yeah, I think that's it's a really hard thing to understand social cues and also how to respond to them in general. So yeah, I would definitely agree with you, Vicky. 
Yeah, I think what's worked with, what's worked best for me is just being really straightforward about certain things. So going back to what you said about not being sure about whether someone was comfortable talking to you or not, I would probably ask them, like, hey, are you okay with me talking to you about these things? Or would you rather be left alone right now? Or just simple questions like that, just to make sure that the other person is comfortable. Because for the most part, if you're willing to ask those questions, that's a clear indication for the other person that you're someone that they can trust and someone that they can tell you the honest truth. So in that situation, if that person wasn't comfortable, they could probably say something like, hey, you know, I would rather be left alone right now. I'm a little busy right now. So I would prefer if we could have this conversation at a different time. Yeah, thank you for the advice. I think that was really straight cut and something everyone can apply to. So maybe you guys out there can try this out today or even tomorrow just to save you that awkward social experience. So what do you think are some social cues that people should pick up? Because like, I know we do have those experiences where we have people who we we think that like they should have done something in a different manner because that would be more appropriate. So did you guys have any of those experiences? Personally, I feel like, like, again, going back to what I said earlier, I've kind of struggled with identifying social cues and really responding to them in an appropriate way, I guess you can say. I think just in the past, I came up from a very like shy personality into a very, not very, but I would say a semi-social person and just being comfortable with talking to people I don't know, which is, I guess, prime to identifying those social cues because when you're interacting with different people, say like family, friends, and like different people that you don't know, I feel like it's different for every single one of them. And the social cues are different in a sense. So yeah, personally, I've just struggled with like identifying whether someone is in the right mood to talk or like kind of understanding certain boundaries. And I'm still working on that as well. I mean, I had, I'm sure I had experiences where I didn't read the social cue properly, but I'm a pretty analytical person. So for the most part, if I'm not wanted in a group setting, then I know to leave. I think my main issue is that sometimes the people around me aren't the best at picking up social cues, or maybe I'm just very subtle about my discomforts. I have a resting face, so it's really hard for people to tell if I'm happy in a social situation. But when I'm like upset about something, people just assume that it's my resting face and they don't question it or anything. And yeah, it's it's a little upsetting sometimes when I'm uncomfortable about a joke and people can't tell, but it's not really something that I that I can't call them out for. Yeah, that definitely also ties back to like the pandemic and everything where everyone's wearing a mask so you can't really see their facial expressions and like as Melinda said, understand where they are right now and maybe comfort level. But I was thinking for social challenges as you guys are mentioning was really being trying to bring myself out there and talking to new people because I find like having conversations with new people is really hard because I don't know it's like I don't really know how to make the conversation last or even like switch to a new conversation and make that conversation last so do you guys have any tips for me I think awkward I mean not all silence has to be awkward like you can have comfortable silence with everyone it doesn't have to always be filled with conversation and sometimes it's just 
the idea of feeling like you're happy just doing anything. Someone just like sitting there doing your own work. There, there doesn't always have to be like intellectual talk or intellectual conversation. It can just be, like I said, comfortable silence. And that's okay too. Like we're not always going to have something fruitful to share with whoever we're with. I agree. I think conversational skills really develop over time. And again, it kind of goes back to who you're talking to. But my advice would just be to feel comfortable regardless of who you're directing our conversation towards or like just in general, just be really open and don't be scared of the consequences because there really aren't, you don't have anything to lose, to be honest. So just in general, you can be as open as you can and just feel comfortable in the moment. Wow, those advices are amazing. Thank you, Kai. Because like, I feel like I always push myself to have this ideal mindset of like what best friends do. Because like, I feel like they always like chat about everything and they have these moments where like, it just flows well. We have chemistry. And sometimes when I am with people, it's kind of hard to find that chemistry. Even though we have been like, we've been having acquaintances for a long time, sometimes that, that chemistry, that bond fades away. And I find that really upsetting sometimes. Did you guys also have those experiences? I think this is something that's also more solidified because of social media because you see things on social media like people posting with their friends all the time but I think something that people tend to forget is that those posts are only moments that people capture a few days in a year and it's like you might think that everyone always has something to say with their best friend but that's only what they show to everyone around them something I've noticed is whenever I'm talking to someone about some sort of experience that they have, I always assume the best in the situation, but then when they tell me about it, it's like, not, what's that saying? Like, not all that glitters is gold. Like, it's not always perfect. It's not, I'm not sure if that's the right saying, but it's not always, it's like, there's always something that isn't perfect in a situation that people don't reveal on social media. And it's just not easy to accept because of the age that we're in. I agree. I think social media can be really deceiving sometimes. I think most people, if not all, post only the highlights of their life. And like Fiona said, like it's, I think people just put stuff like only a few days of the year, like just what they kind of want to put out there. So in terms of like social cues, I guess just understanding the fact that social media is really not what it seems most of the time. And just also understanding like, how comfortable people are on social media. I think both of those are really important. Something I also forgot to mention is that not all friendships are built to last. Like, you don't have to click with everyone you meet, and it can be disappointing that you're not going to be able to form a closer bond with someone, but it's not something that you should rush. I feel like right now I'm also in a state where I have a lot of people around me, but I know that they're not perfect fits for me. And I'm not really anxious about it because I know that just means I haven't met the right person for me. And I think it's really important to be patient about that kind of stuff because things like this come naturally. And you find those people in the most peculiar situations. 
and it should never be forced. That is very true. I recently met a new friend. Well, she's not new, but we have been in the same club for like since freshman year. And we always talk during the duration of the club, which is like during fall. And in the spring, the club stops. And so we stop talking as well. And this happened for like two to three years until this year, which yeah, I kind of saw like the pattern. Like, obviously, we stopped talking after the club ends. So I was like, maybe I should like actually be more proactive in this relationship and like talk to her outside of the club because I find her very interesting and I thought that we had a lot in common and so I had to take the initiative and kind of like somehow ask for her phone number and we start chatting away and it's become like a daily activity and I can't be more you know happy that I took the first step to tell her that I wanted to like be her friend and talk outside of the club. Yeah, I think it's really good that you took initiative and you made it known that you wanted to continue or like foster the friendship because I know a lot of people are scared of doing that because they're very insecure and they don't know if other people want to be around them. So I think that's important that you reached out. But let's say in this situation, she was not very receptive and she did not really want to go with it and she was kind of dry over text. In that situation, I feel like you would recognize that that's not something that she's interested in. And if anything, I think that's a very strong social cue that indicating that she's not really interested in the friendship. But as a last resort, you would probably ask like, hey, you know, I really want to get to know you, but I'm not sure if you feel the same way. And if they just tell you like, oh, you know, I'm just bad over text. Like, I definitely want to hang out in person. Then you can resolve that. I feel like most social cues are difficult to read, especially because of the masks, as we've mentioned multiple times. But it's always important to be straightforward about your questions and your inquiries, because it shouldn't hurt you at the end of the day to ask for more clarification on someone's feelings. I think also being online is really different than like an in-person social cue, because online it's really hard to read what a person is like i know a friend that uses periods at the end of every sentence which sometimes can be used for sarcasm but in their case it isn't um and i think that the way that they act in person online is really different but just texting overall really doesn't define what a person is like whether they're quote-unquote awkward or not but a very, I think social cues in general, they're just very hard to read over text, which is why getting to know someone in person is really paramount and really prevalent in today's, I guess, society. Interestingly enough, so like my friends and I, we used to actually text, but then recently we have been like more into those video, not video recording, voice audios. And I found, like, after those voice audio, I felt more connected to her because, like, just by listening to her voice, it feels like we're actually having a conversation. Like, it might be not be face-to-face, but having her voice there definitely makes it more real, in a sense. Yeah, slightly going off on a tangent, I've never been a really big fan of texting because I feel like it's really terrible. It's the worst form of communication for reading social cues. 
And again, I've never been a big fan of it. I've always preferred either like FaceTiming, meeting up in person, or just going on a call. But I always want to see the other person's face because a really big aspect of social cues is body language. And I am definitely pretty good at reading that kind of stuff. So seeing seeing someone's like black square on Zoom really doesn't help with my social anxiety. And I think that is mainly one of the reasons why we should talk about social cues and exactly why we did this podcast episode. I think just in general, a word for advice for everyone is just to do your best in identifying these social cues and most importantly, reacting to it appropriately. So what do you guys think would be an appropriate reaction to a social to a social cue? So for example, like if someone has certain body language, like you said, Fiona, like what would your, I guess, main method be like to make them comfortable or I guess any other methods in terms of responding to those social cues? I think the main, my main method is just to be completely transparent about what I'm noticing. Like if I'm noticing that they're fidgeting a lot around me, that's a clear sign to me that they're nervous about something or they're nervous about me, which I always ask clarification about I'm always asking and checking up with my friends like hey are you doing okay you look a little nervous or if they aren't making eye contact with me that's also a clear sign to me that they might not be telling me something or they might not be comfortable with me and it could reading social cues can be very important because in those situations you don't know if they're in danger or not so asking for clarification is very important and I think that would be my go-to technique yeah i think for social cues it's something extinct like instinctive sorry if i mispronounced it but a lot of those just come to you naturally and like we've been talking about this whole entire episode it's developed over time so as for me and maybe all the viewers out there who are not socially more like a socially butterfly or like just more social and more introverted Definitely just putting yourself out there, like Fiona has said before, and getting those experiences is very important and should be the first step and all the steps up to the way because it's the, I feel like it's like the only way to become better at it. Yeah, and people are going to be there to help you along the way, you know? It's not just a battle that you have to face alone and it's never something that you have to learn on your own. If, if let's say I didn't know that fidgeting was a sign of discomfort as a social cue if the person that I'm speaking with is going to be transparent with me and say you know I was uncomfortable because you said this about me and I was and I was offended by it then in that situation you would learn that that's one of the social cues that you can watch out for like oh they fidgeted because they were not comfortable because I said something that offended them so next time this happens I'll know better and I'll ask for clarification before they have to come and confront me about it so it's something that you learn throughout the process and it's always a learning experience no one's ever going to perfect social cues that's not really a thing and I think it's just really important to just grow and learn about the people around you and also expand your network so you can learn more